soon just any day now our lord is coming amen god bless you thank you musicians that's all the singing we'll do and appreciate it how many enjoyed that song service i love it i'm sitting in the back just enjoying brother mark god bless you amen i appreciate that and something about the brother phillips piano playing and brother mark singing it just goes together it's like they're brothers or something i don't know but uh Amen. It's good. It's good to be in the house of the Lord again tonight, isn't it? Amen. Amen. That's like an exodus. Everyone's just leaving. You can stay for the preaching too, you know. (laughs) I know they're coming back. Amen. It's good to be comfortable in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. You can have your seats for a few minutes. I'm just kind of waiting to see how many we're going to be sitting over here. Is, is that about it? or Is there more sitting over here, Sister, Brother Marshall? Don't know. Nobody knows. Is there more Bibles hiding over there? No. Well, why don't we all move over here then? Why don't we just all move over here? Would that be all right? Let's just pick up your Bible and just come find a spot over here. I'm going to grab a music stand, and I'm going to come down here. We'll have a little more uh, intimate setting tonight, if you will. Well, Brother Max is with me anyways. Can't decide which one to use. One's tall, one's short. I'll take the tall one. Those are going to fall on the ground if I put them there. Whoever's playing the electric guitar, don't sit on those microphones when you go. Come back up. There we go. All right. 
Just trying to keep the camera mount on his toes, really. That's all. Hey, this is Banner. How you doing? God bless you. Good to see you. God bless you, Brother Max. My goodness. Isn't it good to be here? Amen. Hey, man. This is much smaller. All right. All right. How many would like to do house meetings again? Yeah. One, two, three. How many would like to do house meetings again? Come on. Yeah. All right. All right. Then I'll, I'll talk to some and we'll get some house meetings going on. Oh. Amen. That would be wonderful. Usually I preach with this on that side, but I have to put this on the piano now because I don't have a big pulpit anymore. I've robbed myself of it, so that's all right. All right. I want to also take a couple minutes just to reintroduce to you something that I've heard there's some interest still in doing, and I'm still interested in doing it, and I think it, the Lord's made a way for it to work out. So uh, you remember we were going to do a play called Dr. Law and Dr. Grace? Everybody remembers that? All right, perfect. We're going to do that, and we've, we've tentatively set a date, Lord willing, and uh, we're going to do it on September 3rd, that's Labor Day weekend on the Saturday. Does anybody have any objections? Speak now or forever hold your peace. Nobody has an objection. All right, wonderful. This is fantastic. All right, so having said that, I'll talk with a couple of you afterwards, being the two sitting on the front row, um, because Brother Max has agreed to help direct it and help to... Get it going. He has an extensive background in drama. Maybe not extensive, but we'll, we'll leave it that way. But uh, he's graciously agreed and prayed about it to kind of take over directing it from myself. And with the help of Brother Brendan, who helped to write it and put it together, I think they can work with all of you on that. And it'll be a wonderful time. The reason we want to do it after the summer is, is a couple of reasons. And on a Saturday is another couple of reasons. I'd like to do it as a chance to witness to, to those, and if we could put it out there as, um, I'd like to even do a couple of, uh, I don't want to call it a crusade or a campaign or whatever you want to call it, really, to be able to go out and tell people about it and get them to come and sit in the, here so we're not taking away a Sunday morning or Sunday night service, but do it more as an entertainment so that way people could come, they could sit, and they could have a chance to watch a play and really hear the Word of God. So... I think that would be a wonderful opportunity for us to do that as a, as a youth group and to, to come together in something like that and uh, be in it. Are we with me? Are we together in this? If you are not, if you were too young or anything like that, you didn't really get in the original sign-up sheet or you don't remember what's going on, Brother Max, I'm putting him on the spot now, is going to get the, the, the blank scripts out next week. Okay. He's nodding his head, so we're good. All right. So the blank script's out next week to you, so that way you, can, you have the ability to get together with your screen partner and be able to uh, write lines together or however you want to do it in order to make your dialogue work. And the musicians and everything and the songwriters can get in there and everyone can uh, put their portion into it. I know it's a little bit, you know, got summer coming up and everything like that, but that gives us, what is it, April 20? I don't even know the date today. 22nd today. So you got May, June, July, August, September. May, June, July, August, really. Four months. That's a lot of time for us. Usually we give ourselves two weeks to get a play together, so this is lots of time. Amen. All right. Would that be all right? 
Good. I got some smiles, some thumbs up, but good. Some amens. All right, let's stand together and take our Bibles. Turn to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1. It worked out well to do it that way. As, as tonight I want to speak, as I'm going to give us a, a title of, I am a witness of the open book. I am a witness of the open book. Yeah, we're still in this subject of the open book, but... You know, I mean, honestly, when I started studying it and I started going, I thought, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take the mysteries and just go through it and just, you know, teach them all to you and just give you some knowledge and some wisdom. And if the Lord would make it revelation, that's wonderful. Well, it hasn't really gone that way yet, has it? But uh, we're just thankful to the Lord with how it has gone because we need to follow his leading. You know, some brothers take a long time. Some of us take shorter time. But we all need to learn that when the Lord says, say it this way, we got to say it that way. And the prophets, I think, were good examples of that. When God told them, say it this way, they went and said it that way. Amen. Acts chapter 1, verse 1, says this. It says, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he, has, he, which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them for a certain forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Amen. Brother Mark, does your Bible have like a, a funny type thing there? It says, saith he, and it's higher than everything else? Because you got the same Bible that I do. It does? Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, sorry. I just knew you had the same Bible as me, and I don't mean to interrupt the scripture reading, but I thought, why? Well, this is kind of like a, a font mess up, but it's interesting. For tr God, John truly baptized with water, and he, and, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times and the seasons, which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. This is the text Brother Branham takes to preach a message called Witnesses. And uh, we want to dwell on that tonight. And really, when he, I want you to notice, first he says, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. There's something that needs to take place in order to be a proper witness. Amen. 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 Don't you love the Lord? Amen. Why don't you give me a little volume on this microphone here? I'm going to ask Brother Micah, why don't you just 
ask God's blessing on the reading of the word. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done. And yes. may you please bless this reading of the word. Help Brother Andrew and help him through the service. And may it not depart from us. May we keep it through the rest of the night and tomorrow and the day after that. And please bless the word that you've given to us. Thank you for it. And Jesus Christ's name, amen. God bless you. You may have your seats. Amen. Amen. I know you all want me to just come out of the gate and start preaching right in your face like this, right, Joel? Just if I started preaching right now, my goodness, you'd be receiving a shower. So let's not do that. Amen. I want to take a little bit of time and just go through what a witness is. And a witness, there's a witness, something about a witness to something. A witness must have experienced it. Amen. It must be there at what it's witnessing. There has to be a, a connection between the witness and the event or the something that it is being a witness of. And in a court case, you'd have the validity of a witness. The, the witness has to be valid. It has to be what they would call a valid witness. And I want to take, Brother Branham would talk about it and say, there was a certain specification that they must meet before they could be qualified as a witness. And this witness was to be the qualification, was to be the coming of the promised Holy Spirit to fill the church with unction. Notice he's talking about what's the witness, Acts chapter 1, where he begins to talk about, I'm going to send you out to be a witness, but there's a qualification. You're going to need some unction, which comes from, he would talk about it, comes from the Greek word dynamite, which means an explosion. You're going to need an explosion in your life. You're going to need something to blow something up and make room for something else. Amen. You're going to need something that's going to clean everything out. When you put dynamite in something, it blows something up. And we've, we've got some young man here that knows what it is to put tannerite in something and shoot at it, and it blows up and goes kaboom, and it's, it's a lot of fun, and it's got loud noises, and everything seems all great. But this is a much more powerful thing called dynamite. But he comes from that, and he says, you're going to need some unction. You're going to need something that's not just in your life that's like an explosion, but it's also then in everybody else's life. It also then begins to affect those around you, those you come in contact with. It makes you a witness. It makes you something. When you've witnessed something that is perhaps so tragic or, so, or such an event that you just, it, it, it's all consuming to you, you begin to be a witness of it and it becomes in such a way you perhaps can't stop talking about it. Yeah. Or you begin to say something and people start going, man, this guy just won't shut up. He just keeps talking about, talking about, talking about, talking about. It's all he can talk about. But when you, something has made you a witness, when there's been a, some unction put in you, when there's the Holy Ghost that's in control, there's something about it. You can't stop talking about it. Yeah. You, you, you don't want to stop talking about it. There's times you're wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. There's times you understand. You don't cast your pearls before swine. You don't just go talk, 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 talk. But rather, if there's every opportunity you possibly can get, you want to talk about it. 
You want to have an opportunity about it. We were talking the other day during a Bible study about um, someone who uses the name of the Lord in vain. And how do you, how do you go about that? Because Brother Branham takes it one place. You ought to take them aside and you ought to you know, show them lovingly that, you know, that, that's the name of my Lord in vain. And perhaps you ought to do it to every person. And he kind of goes about it in that way. It's in the Hebrew series, Hebrews chapter 2. Uh, the first part of it, and he begins to talk about it in this way, but when you really begin to think about it, because that's something we all experience. Sure. You've all experienced it, whether it's been in school, whether it's been at work, if, you, if, you, if you're homeschooled, I understand it's a little bit, I hope you haven't experienced it if you're homeschooled, but if, if you go out to a school, or if you go out to work, or if you go to the park, or if you walk down the street, pretty soon you got somebody that just, just uses it. I, I've, I've told somebody a story before, where I'm just telling them a story that maybe is a little more uh, interesting or something like that, and they right away, their response to it is use the name of the Lord in vain. Yeah. And then it makes me feel convicted because I'm like, I didn't mean to make you say that. That shouldn't have been your response because I don't want to make you come across that way. But, but how do you approach such a thing when someone's constantly using it? I uh, like the example brother, brother, um, uh, brother Tom Ray, when he was speaking, was talking about his son. You remember the story how his son was working in landscaping, how he had just a crew boss. And that was one of the things he would do, is constantly take the, norm of the name of the Lord in vain. And he just began to approach it in that way, just prayerfully, and say, Lord, well, how do I say something to this person? Because you can't just go up to everyone and say, hey, listen, stop saying that. They're going to look at you and go, what's wrong with you? you got to be wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. There's some wisdom that goes into it in order just to take them and just say, hey, you know what, that, that name means everything to me. You know, to even take it, my father was saying, he was saying, you know, I, I had to take a man aside one time and tell him that that name that you use in vain means more, more to me than my own name. Yeah. It's more precious to me than my name. And it is, and it ought to be to every single Christian that that name, the Lord Jesus Christ, the name which is above all names, the name which, which every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, every demon is subject to it, it's worth more. Than our own names. It's worth more. I'd rather drag my name through the mud than his. So there ought to be something within us that when, when, when someone just can't help but curse and can't help but say and can't help but go on, that, that something within us would rise up and say, but, but I'm a witness that that name is more than just that. It's more than just a, a byword or a curse word. It means life to me. And there's a way just to take them aside or maybe pray about it and seek an opportunity. If there's someone in your life right now to seek an opportunity to say, Lord, how could I go about this? How could I tell this person what this name means to me? I don't want to just you know, slap them upside the head as much as something in me wants to, but I can't because it wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be received right. It was, it, what you have to do is you, you take it lovingly. Speak the truth in love. Amen. Well, that was not in my notes, so here we are. A witness, a dynamite, it affects not just you, it affects others. It affects the surrounding areas. There must be, you, they must receive something first before they can be a witness. This is the trouble with so many witnessing programs and so many uh, people that want to just go out and witness. Let's just go witness. Well, praise the Lord, you've got to receive something first you got to receive the Holy Ghost. you got to receive the new birth before you know what you're witnessing. Or you're going to find yourself very much, uh, um, you know, you're going to end up going out there and, you know, well, this is what I got. And then you find someone that knows the scripture better than you. And pretty soon you're all tied up in a knot going, I don't know. Because it takes the Holy Spirit within you. Even Brother Bannon would talk about it and he would say it in a message. I, I'm, 
I want to say the unveiling of God is what is the message, but I could be wrong on that. But, but he says in a message where he says that he went on and he just started going, going on and he, and he was preaching in a service and all of a sudden he began to talk about how that Mary was not Jesus' mother. How it was no part. And how it was, and, and to now we, we take that for granted. Right? We, we take that as message believers, as raised in this. We're like, of course, Brother Andrew. Mary, Mary wasn't Jesus' mother. It was, it was no part. I mean, it was created seed, created uh, egg, and God put it all in there, and she was just an incubator. We know that. Why do we know that? Because we listen to the message. Because we've sat under message preachers all of our lives, or for years at least, and we've, we've sat there and listened to this. So for us, we take it for granted, but denominational ranks still don't understand that. Even though, even through all this time, even after Brother Brown's coming, it's been, what, 60, almost 60 years? How long has it been? 65 to 2022. Somebody do the math real quick. I stumped them all. This is amazing. <laughs> Blurt it out when you got the answer. 67 years? Is that right? I think it is, actually. I think it is right. 67 years. But denominations still don't get it. And they've had access to the tapes that you got access to. Some of y'all had the answer before me. I wasn't doing the math in my head. I was just relying on all you guys, just so you know. I want to make sure you're awake. You're with me. Don't look at each other. Look at me. Are you with me? Not each other. So it's been that long. But they still don't understand. They're still looking at it going, well, yeah, God, the Holy Ghost overshadowed her and she conceived. And they, they just don't understand that what, what that meant. That it's, to me, it's, it's, it's less of a miracle to do that than it is for him to step down in the beginning and blow in the dirt and say, here, Adam, step in that body. Because in that, he just created a seed, he just created an egg, and he put the two together, and he put it in, a, in the womb, and it incubated, and it created a human just like you and I. Started out as a little infantile baby coming into the world, and our first word was, Wah! It's the best we got. That's the best we ever came out. Jesus came out the same way. Yeah, he had to come out and he had to cry so they knew he was alive. Yep. Had to spank him so that way he knew, hey, listen, you're, you're, you're alive. He came that way. It's less of a miracle than for him to say, okay, here's a body. And he appeared to Abraham, made himself a body, stepped down into it, and went and talked to Abraham. It's less of a miracle. But God did it the way that was the virgin birth. A miracle's a miracle. I'm not trying to say this was up here and this was down here. No, a miracle's a miracle. Bless the Lord. But in all of it, we understand because of the word of the God, because we've had a witness that came in and began to preach it and began to see, realize, and as he began to preach it in a message, he, he never thought of it that way before. He's seen it the way the nomination's seen it, but then finally he come across it you know, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, and he says, you can look it up, where he says this, this statement. He says, I've never had to apologize for anything said under the inspiration. But, but when he said those words, and then someone began to question him on it and, and began to say, but the Bible says between her seed and the serpent seed, he put enmity, so therefore she has a seed. Yeah. And Brother Ben went, oh, Lord, help me now. Because I said this under the inspiration, and now I've, where am I at? But he said, the same Holy Spirit that helped me say it is the same Holy Spirit that then came at that moment and began to explain it to that individual to say, listen, of course, she doesn't have a seed because her seed's given to her. 
Because the woman doesn't have a seed, she has an egg. The seed comes from the man. It has to be a sensation in order for that seed to come in, in order for it to take place. It has to be that way. But God had to give her a seed. And he gave her a seed. And that seed was Christ Jesus. And there's enmity between the serpent's seed and his seed. Oh, my. So you see what I'm talking about? It wasn't Brother Branham coming down and giving a great witness. It was the Holy Ghost beginning to witness of himself what the truth is. That's why Jesus would say, when the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will lead and guide you into all truth. Why? Because he's going to witness what the truth is. Not because we begin to figure it out in our minds. And this is where uh, so many people, and I'm going to use this term, this is where denominations get it wrong. And I'm going to use that term because we're talking about the open book. And what we're holding in our hands is an open book. So many people today are still holding a book closed. They're still holding it with seals on it. They're still looking for one to come that's worthy, even though they can read in Revelation. See, oh, the Lamb's worthy to open the book and loose the seals thereof. But when's that going to happen? And it's already happened, and they didn't know it. See, how could they possibly miss it? It's so simple, because even when Jesus was here, they begin to talk to Jesus and say, but, but won't Elijah come first? And he said, yeah, Elijah will come first, and he has already come. And they missed it. What was he talking about? John the Baptist. Because they failed to see it. That even when they came and asked John the Baptist, are you Elijah? And he said, no, I'm not Elijah. I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Why would he say that? Because he can't break the word. Because he, he can't go outside of it and place himself outside the word. He had to recognize, this is the appearing of Elijah that I am. But they were asking him if he was literally Elijah reborn. And they couldn't get over that. Oh my, let's take a step back here so we can get back into where we're, where we're going. I want you to imagine something for a moment if we could. If we could take a court case and let's just say there was an accident. There was a vehicle accident and something terrible happened and, and now all of a sudden it's gone to court. You with me? Painted as a little bit of a drama. And they, they, they come to court. You know how a courtroom is. If, if you've studied at all the, the, the proceedings of court, and they, they finally come in, and there's a defendant, and there's a prosecutor, and there's a judge, and uh, there's a jury, and there's, there's witnesses, and everything's there. And they got everything ready. And the prosecutor begins to go forward, and he begins to uh, give his argument. And there's a defendant there that's, that's saying he's not guilty of such and such, but or he's maybe pleading guilty, whichever way the court case would go. But as he's there defending it, they would have witnesses to come and say, this is what happened. This is what I seen. This is what I heard. This is what happened. And you know, if, could you imagine for a moment, you know, the first witness comes and, and just takes the stand. And he, and he sits down at the chair. And the prosecutor begins to ask him and say, what did you, how did you witness the accident? And he says, well... Last night, I had a dream. And in my dream, the defendant hit the person. And you're smiling because you know it's foolish. And they say, well, I, I was in bed when it happened, but you know, I, I, I had a dream about it, or I had a vision about it, and I tell you, this is just the way it happened. The prosecutor would throw him out. It's an invalid witness. You weren't there. You didn't see it. 
You didn't see what happened. But call the next witness up, and the next witness comes up and sits down and you know, sits there and says, you know, well, well, what did you see? Well, my grandma was there. She told me that what she's seen was such and such. Again, he's going to get thrown out. He wasn't there. You can't witness on behalf of somebody else. You can't come and say, well, I know somebody else that did it, so, you know, I, I understand. No, but the witness, they're looking for someone that was there. That's seen what happened, that looked at it, that saw it, that heard it, that, that witnessed the, the crash and, it, and the horror of it and saw all of everything going on and went, I know exactly what happened because I watched it happen from a third person. I was sitting right here. I was watching the accident take place and I know exactly the way it happened. The vehicle came this way and it crossed that way and they hit that person and that vehicle rolled over and this is how it happened and this person got out and they got angry and they had a fight. Oh my goodness. And then the person's dreaming going, that wasn't in my dream at all. I just thought they were racing. and I, oh, I guess I was wrong. Or perhaps they get up and argue with them. But my dream said, I'm telling you my dream. Who cares about it? If, if you weren't there, you weren't there. That's, that's what validates a witness. You have to have seen or have heard. You have to have, have, have been within that kind of an earshot. And Brother Branham would begin to talk about it in the message of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he says, what, what's the Holy Ghost? Because remember, we're talking in Acts chapter 1 when we begin to speak about this. We're going to talk about what is a witness, what makes you a witness. You've got to be born again. So he says that's what the Holy Ghost, what, that's what the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is that same Spirit of God dwelling in the people whom he died for and put their name on the Lamb's book of life, which they were one with him in the beginning... The scripture says, so did not Jesus tell them that they were with him before the foundation of the world. Now we could take that little bit right there and we could get wailed on a limb over here and begin to say, well, I'm a witness because my name was on the book before the foundation of the world because God, the Bible says so. Therefore, I'm a witness that Jesus is true and this is how I think the gospel is and this is how I think the mysteries of God are and this is what I think Brother Branham was talking about. And we could go all the way down on this because we could look at it and say, but my name was there, and my name was there. But you've got to take the next little bit where, where, where the Bible begins to explain this and says, but, we're, but, 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 but your minds were blackened and dark. We all are of those things. In other words, you don't remember going before the foundation of the world. How many of y'all remember being in the mind of God? Even if you're born again, you still don't remember it. There's a theophany that's calling out to us. It remembers. It knows. It, it, it goes back because it's a part of God. It's a word body. It is God. It's those things. So we, we're going to that, but we don't remember in this body. Our minds are still blackened. We don't remember those things. We can't rely back on that and say, oh, but I was there. Even though by faith we can look at it the way Brother Bradham taught it and say, I was there when God spun the worlds into existence. I was there when David slew Goliath. I was there when Noah was in the ark. I was there when Abraham was served communion by Melchizedek. I was there when Jesus died on the cross. Why can we say that? Because it's by faith. It's something down in the soul because the Holy Spirit is a witness that I know that was me. Oh my. But yet it doesn't help us to figure everything out. 
There's something that we need, and that's the Holy Ghost. It's the Spirit of truth. He says this, he says, well, we were, but we're, we're, we're just not some little coincident happening here. My goodness, I've picked the wrong one, eh? Look at that. Sorry, I'm easily distracted sometimes. We're not some little coincident down happening here. Amen. That could give you purpose right there. You're not a coincidence. Even if your parents look at it and say, it was a coincidence that we got you. It's not a coincidence. God foresaw it. God doesn't make any mistakes. He knew exactly how many children your parents would have, how many children I would have, how many children your grandparents, great-grandparents, who they'd have, what order they'd have, where they'd come down, just so they'd get right down to Brandon Whitmire and say, he's right where he ought to be. Oh, my. That's not some little coincidence. He says this, he says, we are, we are sons and daughters of God. In the beginning of the creation of God, we are sons and daughters in the beginning of the creation of God. So way back then, when we don't remember it, we were sons and daughters of God back there. And we've been dropped down here for a witness, to witness the grace of God that shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. We have an eternal spirit. No one, no one, and there's no way to stop it. God's church will be there just as sure as it can be. Praise be to God. So you were there. You were a son and daughter of God, though you don't remember it in your mind. But there's something in you, the Bible calls it a deep calling out to the deep. And there has to be a deep to respond that there's something calling out, like Brother Branham would take it and make it very simple and say, like the eagle scream. When the eagle, there's a little eagle born down in the chicken yard going, I just not like this. But when he heard the scream of the mother eagle, he knew, that's me. He knew, that's where I came from. That's where I need to go. But he doesn't remember being in the egg. He doesn't remember that some farmer took him out of the eagle's nest and put him under the chicken. He doesn't know that. But yet there's something down here saying, something's not right. Something's wrong. I don't belong here and I can't understand it. I'm bigger than these things. My wings are bigger. I feel stronger. This diet just isn't cutting it. I need more. I need something better. And a matter of fact, we love it when we say it this way. Chickens are looking good. But one day he heard the eagle scream. Can you imagine that farmer? He thought, man, the fox are taking my chickens. Turns out it was the eagle he put in there. But he realized there's a, death, there's a scream, there's something coming from above. He didn't really know how to get up there. Why? Because he didn't remember being an eagle. But yet he was an eagle. And he had to recognize by the spirit that was in him, I'm an eagle. I can fly. These dumb chickens can't even fly over this five-foot fence. I can. They can't seem to get over. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three persons in one. Mary was the mother. They just do little doctrines. They boom, boom, and then boom, and boom, and we'll never understand very much. And boom, they hit the cage again. Those little eagles says one little flap. That was easy. It's not by my might, but it's something in me that says I can fly. He gets up there on the fence post, looking down, going, 
I'm not trying to look down on you guys, but it's time to fly. There's something calling me up higher here. I can't stay down here. I'm a witness that I can fly. Oh, my. And they kept down there. Cluck, cluck, cluck. Get down here. Get down here. Get down here. Get down here. You don't belong up there. You shouldn't be saying those things. You shouldn't be believing those things. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. There's nothing after life. It's just death. It's just death taxes. That's it. Just get down here. But it's the little eagles up there going, yeah, I got this. There's something in me calling me up. That scream comes out again. Just jump. Just take a jump of faith. Sometimes this is what God's waiting for, for you and I. Saying, listen, you've got up on the fence. You've been raised right. You've been raised properly. You've got up on the fence and you're looking out going, I'm not what I used to be. I'm not what I ought to be. How do I get there? Just jump. Take a leap of faith. Stand out on the word of God and say, Lord, I'm going to do what I can for you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to forsake all these other things. Take a leap of faith. Whatever it takes, whatever you got to do, I'll say it this way. If you got to take that smartphone and throw it in the garbage and get yourself a dumb phone, do it. Take a leap of faith. If that's your distraction, if that's your thing, change your passwords to something you don't even remember. Do it that way. Get it that way. So you recognize, well, I still got Facebook, but I have no idea how to get into it. <laughs> You'll change the password to some random sequence of numbers that I can't remember anymore. Praise the Lord. If that was your distraction, get rid of it. I'm not preaching against Facebook. I'm preaching against your distraction. Whatever it is that's stopping you, whatever it is that's holding you down, you say, well, I just can't. I just can't. I just got to. Because we get that way. And oftentimes, the reason we preach against devices so much in this age is because this is the thing. Everything just streams right through here. We can get anything we want. And you don't even have to type anything in anymore. You can just sit there and say, hey, Google. Okay, I just want to make sure it didn't turn on. We can say, hey, Siri. And immediately it begins to pop up, and it begins to say, what would you like? It's just, it's just at your command, whatever you want. I give you all the pleasures of sin. I'll give you everything you ever wanted right here on a device, and you can just put your mind right into it, and you can take that little, that little something, and you get a big screen, and you can just flick it right up there on the big screen, and everything pops up, and you're like, oh, man, this is great. This is like heaven to my sinful body. But we need to come away from those distractions. Amen. That's why I so appreciate ones that will go and get, get in a camp. Go get in a camp. Go to a convention. Go to some special meetings. Why? Why do, we, why do we love special meetings? Why? It takes away all the distractions. All the things that we're so bogged down with at home. And we make such menial things a distraction. Hey, we do it. We all do it. I grew up... In a message home, y'all know my parents. <laughs> I look back on it and I go, why didn't I work out? I had nothing but time on my hands. Somehow, I could never find the time to go work out. I got married, 165 pounds, just scrawny little nothing. But I thought I was big. Oh, man, I thought I was something, but I really wasn't. <laughs> why didn't I do that? Why? I had so many distractions that I can't even tell you what I was distracted by. Because I honestly don't know. I look back and I'm amazed, young people, and forgive me, I'm not rebuking you for this, but I'm amazed at how busy you are. 
But I'm going to tell you something right now. You're not busy. But I got so much weighing on me. You're not busy. Tell me what you're busy with. I got work yet from 8 to 5. Monday to Friday. What you doing Saturday? Well, I got to sleep till 3. Yeah, me too. I was there too once. Sleep till 1, 2, 3, till mom came banging on the door. Get up. Do something today. And you wake up and go get a shower. Oh, now it's 4 o'clock. Oh, here we go. All right, what are we going to do? What's, what's for breakfast, Mom? And she's cooking supper. <laughs> what are we so distracted with? What's keeping us so busy that we never have time to pick up a message book? We never have time to get on our knees and honestly pray. We love to do it when we first get out of bed. Because then we just fall back to sleep again even though it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. All right, Lord, I'm, I bet we're going to pray now. And away it goes. 4 o'clock goes around. Oh, I prayed for an hour. Praise God. I'm so spiritual. Now I'm going to read my Bible. I'll read it. I'll read it later. I'll read it later. It's hard to get past Genesis 1-1. Maybe I'll read a message book. No, you know what? I can listen to a message book now because I, I just got tapes. I don't have to sit down and read it. I can, I can listen to it while you're doing what? You know what we do sometimes? We turn on the message book and then we go on our distraction on here while it's playing in the background. And we get absolutely nothing out of it. We all did. Hey, I'm guilty too. I'm not just preaching to you. I'm guilty too. Or you put something on there and you're listening to a message. You're like, oh yeah, I'm listening to a message finally. Praise the Lord. Oh yeah, the Oilers lost tonight. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Buffalo's still the bottom of the league. They're terrible. Yeah. They're not the bottom of the league anymore. I know that. Trust me. I know. But we get that way, and then you go like, oh, man. Oh, I've listened to a whole service. Feel good. No, you're really taking your time. I'm talking about being a witness. What are you a witness of? Because we could go on. You know, what you're a witness of, as I said on a Wednesday night, you're a servant to who you give yourself to. You're a witness of what you spend your time on. It's amazing to me how we can talk about, we, we have a love, and there's nothing wrong with, with having a passion or having uh, an interest or a hobby, but sometimes we get so wound up in that that you go talk to a young guy, and you could talk to them about video games for hours, right? You could literally talk for hours long. Hey, I was there once too. I'm being honest with you. I could tell you NHL 2009, just about every player that played in 2009, because I played it nonstop. For years. I don't care. 2015 came out and I was still playing 2009. Because I was good at had a dynasty that I was, all of that. I enjoyed it. But I could witness to you about that. I could tell you everybody's stats. I could tell you who was good, who was going to have potential, who was going to get where based on my video game. And I could witness to you about NHL over and over and over again. I could witness to you about how to be a good goaltender. I love playing goaltender. I could tell you all about the different saves and moves and how to get there and how to jump and move and how to read the puck and how to read the defenseman and what's going on and how's everything happening. I can witness to you about that because I studied it and I enjoyed it and I loved it, but what are you witness of? Your sisters, you get that way too. My goodness, you could sit down and you could talk about something for hours. 
And God not even come up to it. And then finally someone come in and say, you know, I was reading the book of Acts the other day. And it's like, uh-huh. Where's Acts? Is that before or after John? And we know our Bible's better than that because we learned it in Sunday school. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's what it is. Read first, like Samuel, first John, second John. Oh, I got mixed up there. Jump to the New Testament. But we learned all these things, so we know it better than that. But oh my, someone come in and say, oh, I was just reading the message, and Brother Branham was talking about how there's no one, no way to stop it. God's church will be there just as sure as this. Think about it. We'll be there. God's with us. And you're like, he said that? And your eyes glaze over because there's something else on your mind. Something else going on, and you just, oh, you get that way. And I've been through cycles in my life, young people. I, I know what it's like to be a young person. I'm just talking very honestly with you tonight, and I, I, I've got pages of notes here, and I haven't even got halfway through page one, and I'm just trying to be honest with you tonight. But you get, I've been through cycles. When I started at eight, nine years old, I started this message, and I got into it. I was listening to it. I was reading it. I was praying. I was, I was really, really interested in the message until I could quote quotes and tell you scriptures and where to find them and what to do. And oh my, I could tell you how to get born again, even though I wasn't myself. And I, I could tell you exactly what to do and how to do it and how to get baptized. And it, oh my goodness, I could just explain away the message to you. But then all of those things, because it never became real here, it began to slip away. Until other things became so important. And I'm amazed to this day how much of that I lost. How much of it just phew, out of my mind because I begin to fill my mind with other things. I begin to fill my mind with things to the point where, like I said, I could witness to you about hockey for hours. And then I started to get into movies, and I could tell you about movies and movies and movies and movies. And you know what? I still wish I hadn't done that because those images still come back in your mind. And you go, oh, God, I wish I'd never seen that. I wish I'd never burnt my mind with that. And other things that go on. You go through these cycles that finally, but when finally something strikes, because that's why he says, wait till you got the Holy Ghost is in you. Then you can be a witness for me. Why? Because then it's real. Then it doesn't matter what comes, and there's going to be different things, and you're going to have up, and you're going to have down, but there's something on the inside that's a steady, that's a pure, that's a true. It doesn't matter what comes my way. It doesn't matter what your brother even next to you. He starts going aside, and you're going, hey, come back. You know, and he's telling you, well, I don't like this, I don't like that, this guy's a hypocrite, that one's a hypocrite, and this one's that, and that one's that. And you're going, no, they're not. Because there's something in you that's the Holy Ghost that's pouring out, saying, no, I refuse to hear and look at the hinder parts of Israel because I'm a part of it. Yeah. I can't look at the hinder parts of it. That's my people, that's my brother, that's my sister. I can't talk about them that way. We ought never to talk about one another that way. If you go over in your Bibles, I'll just turn to it right now. Oh my, because I've been thinking about Ephesians chapter 4. I did not give you the scripture about Jonathan, and it's not in my notes, so it's not my fault. Ephesians chapter 4, all the way down to verse 29, says it this way. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. What did he say we received? We became witnesses when we, we, we dropped down witness to witness the grace of God that was shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And what did he say? Don't let corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister. So it has to be the Holy Ghost begins to minister that same grace to the person. 
where now you become an extension of the grace of God. And he goes on, he says, And grieve not the Holy, God, the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of your redemption. That's eternal security right there. He says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor. What is clamor? It's loud noises. Outbursts. Let all the outbursts be done away with. Let those things, the evil speaking, be put away from you with all malice. Malice, that's evil intention without a cause. Let it be put away from you. He says, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Be ye kind one to another. Oh, I was nice to them last week and they didn't repay it. I gave them my spot. I pulled into the church to park and they pulled in at the same time and I gave them that spot and they never even said, thank you. Be ye kind to one another. Why is this thing so important? Why do we get that way? I need gratification. Christ said he doesn't seek the honor of man. Oh my what are you witnessing? Proverbs 14.25 says that a true witness delivereth souls, but a deceitful witness speaketh lies. A true witness delivereth souls. I didn't give you that one either, Brother Jonathan. Sorry. He's, we talked on Wednesday, and he said, just give me all the scriptures, and I'll be okay. And I said I would, and then I'd left a couple out just to you know, throw a couple curveballs in there for him. He says, here it is. Every true witness of God sometimes will be put to the showdown. Amen. Will be put to the showdown to prove. Listen, if you want to go out and you witness an accident, this is why nobody wants to witness something. Because they don't want to be proved. You know, well, if I go and I tell them I fill out a witnessing, then I might get a phone call from the police and they might want to talk about it. What if I forget and all these things? Now, now I got... I might have to go to court and be a witness there and tell them and they're going to prove me and I'm going to be questioned and I don't want that kind of pressure so people don't do it. They just turn the other way. I saw nothing. Because a witness, a real true witness, is going to come to the showdown. It's that way in the courtroom. You want to be a witness. If you're a witness to somebody or something that happened, you're a witness to a murder case, all of a sudden you've got to come and be proved. You got to sit down and you, you can't just write them in and say, Yeah, I saw it happen. This is the way it happened. See you later. No, they're going to come in there and they're going to ask you from every single angle possible. Are you sure you saw what you're seeing? You heard, Where were you at that, right, at that time? What were you wearing at that time? Are you sure? Was you watching your left hand or your right hand? Are you sure? Maybe you were facing the left. Maybe you didn't quite see the way that happened. Maybe you didn't quite hear the bullet go up or you saw it, but you didn't see the gun. But uh, are you sure it was this person? Are you really sure? I, and they just begin to question you, question you, question, 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 from every single angle they can possibly think of. Why? Because it's a showdown. They want to know for sure what happened. It's that way exactly. Every true witness of God must come to the showdown. There must be a showdown for, the, for every true witness of God. There has to come a place where finally you're looking at it going, and someone's going to come by your way and say, really, Brendan, you're telling me you're born again. Are you sure? Amen. Okay, really? Well, what happened? Are you sure that really happened? Yep. Uh, no, are you sure? Come on, but, but, but I'm pretty sure it didn't happen. But the Max, he says he's born again. So either him or you are. I don't think so. You see? But I can't convince him differently because he was there. He was a witness. 
He, he wasn't the witness to what Max had happen. He says, I can't speak to that. I, I wasn't there. But I know what I got. You want to talk to that witness? Go talk to that witness. Are you sure, Brother Max? Did that really happen? You got born again that way, really. You were preaching over there, and you come over here, and you think, really? You think you could? Are you sure? But, but Brother Brendan, he didn't. He says he thinks he did. But maybe he didn't say that. See, I, I'm just playing now. They want to twist your words and, and turn it around in a certain way. And people will begin to prove and they'll begin to say something to you and they'll watch you. Why they're proving you. I've had it happen. You ever had it happen where you're sitting there and you will. I, I worked with a guy. I'll just show the story. I worked with a guy for so long. He was my journeyman for about three years. And, and uh, he was a short Irish guy with a shock of red hair. And he had a temper like a buzzsaw. I temper like you wouldn't believe. I've seen him throw stuff across a job site and just get all all right and curse up and down, and I'd just tuck behind the toilet and giggle away because I thought it was pretty funny, to be honest with you. A brand-new toilet, don't get me wrong. But it was, uh, and, and we'd, I'm a plumber, come on. But we, uh, that was the kind of guy he was, and he used to, every coffee break, he'd sit down, and you know, you'd, oh, yeah, you Christian, hey. every time i bow my head and pray for my food, he'd call me a pathological liar. Multiple times a day, he'd call me a pathological liar. You think you're a real Christian? You're just a pathological liar. You just can't help but tell a bunch of lies. You just can't help but tell a bunch of lies. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you, somebody tell you that once or twice, and you're kind of like, whatever. After three years of every day, the devil whispered in your ear, you're a pathological liar. You're a pathological liar. You're a pathological liar. You're like, would you just stop? Because <laughs> it does wear on a person. But it was a showdown. It had to come to a place. Are you going to doubt? Are you going to doubt? Are you going to start to look at it and go, mm, maybe, maybe I doubt my own experience. Maybe I doubt what really happened. It's a showdown. The devil loves to play the long game. He loves to sit there over time. He likes to play the short game too. Oh, trust me, he does. But there was one. Every, every witness must be proved, like Job of old. When he proved that he was genuine. That was not a short game. That was long. He sat there for a long time. He'd witnessed, oh my, he had, he had a reputation that he was a righteous man. He had a reputation that he was blessed of God. God had used him and he had all kinds of wealth. He had a wonderful family. He had a wife that loved him. He had all of these things. Everything a man could desire, he, he had it in the natural. And he was blessed of God, but he had to be proved. And who proved him? God said, have you considered my servant Job? Oh, it was the devil that said, oh, but you, oh, but you. And he put him through all the trials. But it was God that initiated the proving. Who's proving you? you? Say, well, I've got an experience. I, I know that God, you're going to be proved, and God's going to prove it. God's going to put it to the test. Is it real or is it not real? All right, I need to move on here. How are we doing? Oh, my. You all okay? Y'all need to stand up and shake your arms or something? No, you're comfortable. Wonderful. If you need to stand up, stand up. Thank you. Somebody stood up. Thank you.
God bless you. I'll just say from now on, I was preaching so anointed, Brother Brandon stood up. <laughs> First John chapter 1, just John chapter 1. Verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. Now, how many remember that? None of us. We were there, but we don't remember it. We can't think in our minds, go, oh, yeah, yeah. Neither could John. John was writing by revelation. And he was writing, and it was by revelation, something began to pick up in him. In the beginning was the Word. And you look at the Torah, it's in the beginning God created the heavens and earth. God, it was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And something began to strike in his heart as the Holy Ghost began to move as he began to write. And it says the same and was in the beginning with, with God. And all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Oh my, now he jumps all the way out from that in the beginning, and it's in the beginning in the light. And, and then there was a man sent from God, and it was John. So what is John, the revelator, begin to talk about John the Baptist here as he begins to talk about and realize that it was in the mind of God, Amen. in the beginning, and God in his decreed season began to bring John down for a specific purpose. Because if you keep reading on, it says, And the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light. The same light that was there in the beginning that, that, that shone and the darkness couldn't comprehend it. And the darkness scattered and it came in in Jesus Christ because he is light and he is the word. And he is light and he came in the darkness of the Pharisees and the darkness of the people couldn't comprehend it. But as he came down this way, he says, and, and, and he says, and he was not that light that all men through him might believe, but he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. So he was a specific purpose, even though he came from the mind of God, he came from that word, he was not that light, he was sent to bear witness of that light, that that light that spoke then is coming again. Amen. Hallelujah. And he was such a witness of it. What made John a witness? It was so amazing that it made John a witness because he was right there in the womb. A time that he couldn't even remember in his own mind, but the first time Jesus was ever spoken, it, it filled John with the Holy Ghost, and he began to leap in the womb for joy. Why? Because his Redeemer was there. He recognized that there was something in him, and he came out, and he didn't go back and go, I remember three months ago, Mom, when I was still in the womb, I was filled with the Holy Ghost. No, he doesn't even remember that, but there was something that began to burn in him. As his parents began to raise him up, his father's a priest, and they began to raise him, and they thought, well, maybe he'd go into the priesthood, and he began to go to school as a young boy to, to study the Torah and study these different things, and he'd go, and he'd go, and he'd just be like, oh, man, oh, man. Be, okay, now you got to go sit under certain, such and such a priest, and he'd go, I got to go out in the wilderness. There's a calling in me. There's something in me that I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. I don't understand it, but I'm a witness of something that isn't here. It's there. 
Oh, praise be to God. I'm a witness for a specific purpose. There's a light that I don't find in the synagogues. There's a light that I don't find under the rabbi. There's a light that I don't find anywhere else. I got to get along with God. I got to get out so I can witness what God told me to be a witness of. Oh, praise be to God. Romans chapter 8, verse 16, we'll write it this way. It said, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And here, if you go back to John chapter 5, which I won't turn to it for the sake of time, but John chapter 5, Jesus begins to talk about his witness. Because out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. He says, my works witness of me, but I'm a witness. But also the Father witnesses. I don't seek the honor of man. I'm not after the witness of man to say, oh yeah, I I like Jesus. I I, I like him. Everyone was against him. But he said, I don't need a witness of that. I got a heavenly witness. I got a Father that's witnessing who I am. How could he say that? Because he was the Word. He always was the Word. So he could look back in the Old Testament Word and see that it witnessed of him. Because he said to them, he said, you look back in the Scriptures and you, and, you, and you think you have, in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they that testify of me. They're my witness. That's the Father witnessing of me. It was the Father, Jehovah, the Old Testament. It's Jesus of the New Testament. And it was the Father that began to move by the Holy Ghost on the hearts of men that begin to prophesy and say things. And what are they testifying of? It's me. It's the light. Oh, my. And it's the same one, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit itself. Not another, not the Holy Spirit and something else. The Holy Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Acts chapter 4 and verse 33 would say this way and said, With great power gave the, gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. With great power they gave witness. Come here, Ben. How you doing? Good. It wasn't like this. He said, listen, he raised from the dead. I'm telling you, you need to listen to me. It wasn't that kind of power. Thanks, buddy. You okay? Yeah. All right. He's my nephew. That's all right. It wasn't that kind of power. It was a different power. It was the Holy Ghost in power that began to witness from them that they began to do works and, and signs and wonders. Why? Because the Holy Ghost was in them. It was great power that they came and just simply took a man by the hand and said, Arise, take up thy bed and walk. Man, they've been crippled so many years on all these things. But what was it? It was a power, but not an earthly power, a heavenly power that made them witness. He says in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3, he says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? It was confirmed unto us by the witnesses that were there. (laughs) Hallelujah. It wasn't confirmed by some far off pope pope or potentate or some preacher that never heard nothing. The ones that were there by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and all the different ones that began to testify. Philip and Peter and and James and James and all these different ones. They began to testify because they were there. I'm a witness of what Jesus did. He says, in God bearing them witness. Hallelujah. 
That's why he says, if you'll stand for me here, I'll stand for you. If you'll bear witness of me here, I'll bear witness of you before my Father. Oh, hallelujah. They begin to talk about, see, the ones that bore him witness, and they begin to go out on the day of Pentecost, and they begin to preach to say, Jesus, he raised from the dead, the one that you crucified. He is both Lord and Christ. He's everything. He's the one. By him was nothing else made. He's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And they begin to witness of this. And the Holy Spirit came and witnessed with them. And he began to work signs and wonders through them because they were witnessing him. Oh, praise God. That's how the witness works. How do I be a witness? You begin to testify. That's why we say it and we boil it right down to something so simple. Tell someone how your candle got lit. Tell someone how you received the Holy Ghost. What are you doing? You're bearing witness that Jesus Christ is still alive today. And when you bear witness of that, he will bear witness of you. See, that's what I'm talking about. Sometimes we got to take a step of faith. We don't want to say it because we sit there and go, well, they'll never believe me. Who cares? I like to say it this way because I'm honestly quite tired of hearing in North America. This is just something that I've been pondering on. I'm quite tired of hearing in North America how people don't want to hear religion shoved down their throats. I'll tell you why. If you were suffering with cancer, someone had a cancer-curing pill, and you refused to take it, you would in the end appreciate it if they shoved it down your throat and saved your life. Is that right? I'm dying, but I'm scared of pills. Don't give me that. I'm scared of pills. Can you give me some of the form? No, it's got to be a pill. Give me some penicillin. Give me something that I can drink. Give me something you can just inject in my body. Put it in the IV. Put it this way. Put it that way. Just don't give me a pill. No, it only comes in a pill. You'd appreciate if someone said, listen, I'm putting it in your mouth, and I'm covering your mouth and nose, and you're going to swallow it. One way or another. In the end, you say, thank you for doing that for me. You saved my life. We've got a gospel. Brother Andrew, I've heard that for so long since I was born. Gospel, gospel, gospel. It's not funny anymore. Good. It was never funny. Because it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we've got something that will save their lives. Save them from eternal destruction. Save them from eternal damnation. Let me tell you, if they won't take it this way, they want it some other way. They want to be able to sit in a nice padded pew and just listen to beautiful music and listen to beautiful preaching. They want to be able to sit on their couch and just be able to stream in. They want to be able to sit anywhere they want and do anything they want, live any life I want. I want it that way. You can save me if I could do anything I want, live anything I want, but it doesn't come that way. There's only one way, and it's repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's the only way. Oh, hallelujah. Daniel was a witness that God could shut the mouths of lions. Daniel could witness it. No one else could. Oh my, there's a, a lot of people I'm sure that were thrown in the lion's den that the king didn't like. And they couldn't witness it. But there was one man named Daniel that he was sown down in the den, and he came up the next day. The angel has shut the mouths. Praise God. I'm a witness. God can control these lions. God has stopped them from eating me. I'm a witness of the power of God. 
Praise be to God, it's no different than the other man that came, the four Hebrew children that went and were thrown in the fiery furnace. The very soldiers that threw them in the furnace were a witness that their God couldn't keep them because they died trying to throw them in. They were burned up on the spot, but there were four of them that went and stood right in the middle of it all, and they were a witness. Praise be to God. He said, there were four brothers. Yeah, three children and like, well, like under the Son of Man. Jesus came down. Yeah. And Jesus stood in their midst and he began to tell them, talk to them and say, you're a witness now. I control the fire. I control even the smell of the smoke, whether it be on your clothes or not. Oh, praise be to God. Caleb was a witness that after 80 years old, God could still give him strength to slay giants. To take a mountain. Listen, you don't even hear about 80-year-olds climbing mountains. He didn't just climb a mountain. He killed giants on the way up. <laughs> he didn't just walk up there with his, you know, tight little pants on to, for re, re, decreased drag and the best shoes on and the tight shirt for decreased drag and the water camel pack and the little thing wrapped around. He's going up, going up, going up. No, no. He's got armor on. He's got a sword on and he's heading up there. It looked impossible, but he was a witness that with God, all things are possible. Oh, praise be to God. Moses became a witness at the burning bush that God had come down to deliver his people. No one else seen it. There wasn't a gathering of shepherds around there that said, will it be me, Lord? And he said, no, Moses. There was one man that became a witness that God had come down. Paul was a witness that Jesus Christ of the New Testament is Jehovah of the Old Testament. He was a witness. He'd studied the Old Testament over and over and over again. He was a Jew of the Jews. He was, oh my, he knew everything. And he got the Old Testament all figured out till he knew that pillar of fire, exactly what it was like. And then it struck him and said, I'm Jesus. Oh my, that turned his knowledge right around. The best witness he could have was going and destroying the following of Jesus. But when the Holy Ghost came by his way, it became a witness for him. Oh, praise be to God that he even got out there and he got down there to Damascus and he laid down in a bed blind. He couldn't witness to nobody. He couldn't even leave there. He was just praying and fasting and waiting on God. It's like, Lord, what in the world do I do now? I'm blind. You, you, You showed me a light. I love the way God operates. We do it as men when we think, you know, I got to best equip him. So I'm going to just build him up and 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 build him up. Okay, now he's ready. Hey, we do that. We've got it in our militaries. You start out in boot camp and you go into here and you go over here and you, you get this education. You get that schooling and you go over there. You do a couple tours and then you get this and you get that. Okay, now, you, now you're becoming a first star general, second star, third star. Build up, build up, build up, build up. By the time you get up there, you, you know so much, you know nothing. But, but, but that's the way man does it. But God looks at it and says, how am I going to get Paul in the best place? I got it. I'm going to make him blind. I'm going to make him blind and useless. So he could just go lay in a bed and wait. Because it ain't him witnessing anymore. It's the Holy Ghost witnessing. And the Holy Ghost is going to go over to another man, I think, named Ananias. And I'm going to attend him and say, go pray for that guy named Saul. He's going, Lord, uh, he was on his way here to kill me. And now you're telling me to go to him? Yeah, because that's the way the Holy Ghost operates. He was operating in a way that we don't understand. And he says, yeah, you're going to go to him, and you're going to pray for him, and you're going to lay hands on him, and he's going to receive his sight. You're telling me he's blind? I like him to stay that way. 
it's hard for him to kill us if he can't see us. He says, no, no, you're going to go pray for him, and he's going to receive a sight. And he goes down there, and he lays hands on him. And Saul says, yeah, I know. I saw you in a vision, too. You see me in a vision, and they come together. And what came out of it, the greatest witness of that time, a man named Paul. Oh, my. You know, I'm sure that Pharisees and Sadducees of that day, they really thought they had something. Because here's the best that the, the disciples had was a zealot. There was Nathaniel, which was a man, an Israelite, in whom there's no guile. A, a few fishermen. I mean, they could really stand on their high horse and be like, you don't even know the scriptures. But now the best that they got. Switch sides. And now they're going, oh, no. He knows the scripture. And now he's got this Holy Ghost. And now he's come and testifying. And now they're right back to the same place they were with Jesus where they said, all we can do is kill him. Because we can't, we can't, I mean, every time we say something, he's got an answer that I can't give back. Every time we try and accuse him, even falsely accuse him, he's got an answer. We took him before Agrippa, and he's got an answer. We took him before here, he's got an answer. We tried to kill him, and he turns out he's a Roman citizen. Well, there's nothing we could do. Why? God had raised up a witness by the Holy Ghost. Oh, praise. It was the Holy Ghost in him that did, man, my goodness, when I think it was Festus said, I would have set you free. But he says, I appeal to Caesar. Why? Because there was something in him saying, I got to go to Rome. And you know what, Festus? You're going to pay for my trip to Rome. Hallelujah. Brother Branham was a witness that Revelation 10 is true. He was a witness that this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. He is a witness that, that all the scripture is fulfilled and all the revelation has been revealed. There's just a couple scriptures left. What's the scripture? A body change. That's it. Because he came and revealed the rest of it. He even gave the revelation of the body change. That's why we can say rapturing faith lays on those tapes. Why? Because he gave the revelation. It's just for us to pick it up. He was a witness that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. How was he a witness? Was it Brother Branham? No, Brother Branham's witness was click, 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 trying to kill somebody. But when the Holy Spirit came in, he became a witness. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever. The same things he did when he was here, he's still doing it today. And what are you a witness of? Oh my, if you're called and filled with the Holy Ghost as a witness, what is the witnessing in you? Let me tell you, God wants, to, God wants a witness that he's greater than the enticements of Laodicea. Is that you tonight? God wants a witness that he's greater than in you than all the enticements of Laodicea. He's greater than he that's in the world. He's greater than everything the world has to offer. He wants a witness. He wants a witness that he, for that he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. He wants a witness in you, young people, Amen. that God is able to set you free. Amen. He wants a witness that he's greater than depression. He wants a witness he's greater than anxiety. He wants a witness he's greater than cancer. He wants a witness he's greater than every sickness the devil has. He wants a witness. 
But he was a witness. He died and he went down into the grave and he conquered death, hell, and the grave and he rose again on the third day. Praise God, he's a great witness. Yes, but he wants one in every single day. Praise be to God that we got witnesses today just like Lazarus was a witness that God, Jesus Christ, is the resurrection and the life. He was a witness there when they went over to that banquet and he began to sit down and they began to talk to Lazarus. This is probably the only time Jesus is sitting there and they're looking over at Lazarus going, hey. And Jesus is going, hey, I'm over here. That's the mind of man. They want to talk to Lazarus. You were dead and now you're alive. You know, I seen you come out of there. What was it like? was like down there and here's the one that raised him right over here (laughs) but he was a witness and I'm sure he was sitting there give me your left hand and he just had his finger out like this going right there (laughs) what am I witness of him what am I witness of? He raised me up. He's the resurrection of life. He's the one that did it. He's the one that said, Lazarus, come forth. I was dead. I didn't have any hope, but he said. Amen. Oh, praise be to God. He wants a witness today that he's greater than drugs and alcohol. He wants a witness that he's greater than lust. He wants a witness that he's greater than lust. He wants someone that he can indwell and completely overcome every enemy, every devil of lust. Both in a man and in a woman. He wants to know, that he wants you to know that he's greater. Someone that will speak out and say, he delivered me. And I'll speak out myself and say, he delivered me 100%. Praise be to God. That those thoughts don't even bother me anymore. Why? Because there's a spirit in me that says those filthy things don't belong up here. Oh, praise be to God. God wants a witness in you. Not just to go tell everyone what he can do. He doesn't want a witness to go say, this is what God can do. I can point you to the scriptures what he can do. He wants a witness that says, I was there. I was in that place. I was bound with lust. I was bound with drugs. I was bound with addiction to my device. I was bound with addiction to screen. I was bound with addiction to pornography. And God set me free because I was there. God wants a witness. He wants a witness that he's capable of keeping you spotted from sin. Young sisters, young brothers, God wants a witness. He's able to keep you from all that stuff. He's able. You never have to go down that road. God's got a witness he can deliver from lust. God's got a witness he can deliver from drugs. God's got a witness he can deliver from alcohol. He wants a witness that he can keep you from ever walking down that road. That you can live having never spotted your conscience with sin. That you can live without having ever had to walk down that road and cried out to God, say, Lord, deliver me. But rather you've just come and said, Lord, deliver me from this sinful flesh that I was born with. Fill me with your Holy Ghost. Don't you want him tonight? Or make me a witness. I want to be a witness. How do I become a witness? It says, for by one, Hebrews 10, 14, says, for by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. 
Oh my, for by one offering he hath perfected for some time, no, forever them that are sanctified, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us that after that he has said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. What's the covenant? I will put my laws in their heart and in their minds will I write them and their sin and iniquities will I remember no more. Oh, that's the witness of the Holy Ghost. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Praise God. There's no more repentance or no more penance coming trying to say, oh God, oh God, I got it, I got it. No, I repented. It's over. It's finished. The only repentance I need to do now is every time I make a mistake. Because even a born again Christian will make a mistake. Will trip and fall. Even an eagle sometimes finds himself on the ground, driven down by a storm. says, Lord, help me set my wings again. Help me rise again on the wings of faith. Let me finish with this quote. In the Hebrews chapter 2. In this quote, we were having a Bible study on Hebrews, and it just this quote just jumped on at me, and I just, it, I loved it. It says, if you're a witness of anything, you're just as guilty as being a partaker of it. Now, that's not talking about witnessing an accident or something like that. That's when you take a stand with it. When you take a witness that this is true, you're guilty of it. He says, and we say, oh, yes, they oughtn't to have done this. He talks about you're judging somebody. This so-and-so, they oughtn't to have done that. They shouldn't have gone that way. They oughtn't to have done this. He says this, and this, this is very much, you need to take this to your hearts, young people, because this is a statement that will help you in life, all through life. When you see someone do something, be very careful what you say. That's right. Be very careful. You see someone walk out and leave this church and go off to another church, be very careful what you say. You see someone do something, you say, oh, no, be very careful what you say. He says this, because you're guilty of the way your judgment goes. Because you don't know the full story. There's always two sides to a story. Be careful what you say. Because you find out, you go years down the road, now you're in the same situation. And you start doing the same thing they're doing, and God's going, you said they were wrong. He says, be careful. If you can't decide, don't say nothing. It means don't say anything. Just leave it alone. He says, listen, then he takes another step. He says, then when you testify that you are a, a Christian... When you testify that you are a Christian, then you're guilty. You're guilty of being a Christian. You must live to that. Oh my. Now that makes it real serious. When you testify and say, I'm a witness that I'm a Christian, is there enough evidence to convict you? That you could stand on the witnessing stand and you could say, no, I know. I know in whom I have believed it. I know that I could look at, hey, it's, it's not, you say, well, brother, I need some great grandeur. No, it's really, really simple, actually, to take the scripture and say, because I believe that the scripture says that by faith, I'm saved through grace. Amen. By grace, I'm saved through faith. So therefore, I'm going to just take that scripture. I know I'm a Christian. Because I believe Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Not just that he has, not just that, oh, there's, there's a second coming and there's a third coming and there's something happening. No, he is. 
says, you must live like that then. When God makes a promise in the Bible, when God makes a promise, he's guilty of that promise unless he brings it to pass. He, God, is guilty when he makes a promise. And the scriptures are guilty until they are fulfilled. It's got to be fulfilled or God is guilty. Now we could take that all once again, all the way, way out on this branch over here with no faith and just say, well, God didn't give me what I asked for, so therefore God's guilty. But you've got to come back to the middle of the road where it talks about faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's by faith. You've got to believe. You've got to have faith. You've got to say, the Bible says you ask whatever you will. Don't doubt in your heart, and it shall be done. Now just have faith. Let me ask you, what makes us different? What makes us different from denominations? What makes us different from the world that we have a witness? They witness. They say things. What makes us different? We've read the script. I'm not just talking about this. I'm talking about we hold the mysteries. A lot of them read the preface. They read 66 books. And that was just the preface. But you've got what's written between the lines. Our witness is not just of a loving God. Though that's true. Our witness is not just of a risen Savior. Though that's true. And we do witness of those things. He's risen. We do witness that he loves you. Jesus loves you. That's good. But that's not our witness. It's a witness that Jesus is alive in flesh today. Because people want to take it. I mean, you, you take it any way you want. You say, well, Jesus is risen. Praise God, he's risen. And they go, yep. And then he went up into heaven. Where is he now? You say, well, the Holy Ghost came. Like, yep, and that was for the apostles. You prove it. God wants a witness. Our witness is more than that. Our witness, he sees, set me free. He set me free from all these things. He set me free from sin. When the wages of sin is death, and he set me free from death. I'm a witness of an open book. I'm a witness that there's more than just Jesus dying on a cross. There's more than just people crossing over Red Seas. There's more than just Slings and giants. There's more than just love songs in the Song of Solomon. There's more than just rich kings that fell in the end of their life because of pride. There's more than just disciples that died horrible deaths. There's more than just conquering people in the Old Testament and wars and rumors of wars and kings coming in and destroying things. And there's more than that. It means more than that because the book has become open. And I'm a witness that this is no longer just on pages. It's come into me. It's a part of me. It is me. I'm a witness. That he's redeemed me. I can tell you God wants to give you the new birth more than you want to receive it.
He wants to refill you more than you're willing to receive it. Why doesn't he just give it to me? Because he's waiting for you to step out in faith so he can recognize that faith and fill you with it. He wants you to be a witness that your name is on the book. The book is open, and I saw my name. I am a witness. Let's stand to our feet. something about being a witness that is it goes beyond our human understanding we can explain things away in our own human intellect but that's not being a witness to be a witness is to get someone to Christ to show them Jesus Christ alive in the flesh so they understand I can come to Christ too show them Jesus so they know where to go. You say, well, they just need to come to the church, Brother Andrew. They just walk in the door here and sit down for Sunday morning service. Maybe to them that's not what they need to see. They need to see it in you. They need to see you like that, 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 that man that was a, a Muslim who went and rode in the car with, with a scholar with more names and titles to himself that Brother Brown says could plaster his wall. But he said, the man began to say, what can Jesus do that, that his Muhammad couldn't do? He gave him all the psychology. Yeah, Muhammad could do all that too. He gave him all that, well, I got a good feeling in my heart. and Well, I, got, I do too. I'm happy too. But there's got to be a witness of something more. That the same things that Jesus did are still alive today. And I can tell you, I'm a witness. I've seen it. I've been there. I've sat there and kneeled there in the private of my closet and prayed through until God comes down and you begin to recognize you're in the presence of God and you begin to get filled with the Holy Ghost and something begins to happen. Why? What is that? I'm a witness. It didn't just stop there. It came into the service. So I prayed for some of you and you've testified and I've prayed for those that are overseas and some have testified. Why? It's not me. It's something that's in there. It's not Brother Ed that, that, that does these things. It's, it's something that's in Brother Ed. It's not Brother Max that when he gets behind the pulpit and all of a sudden he's a different man and he's just a firebrand. That's not Brother Max. That's something inside of him that begins to cry out, that begins to go, and it just, it's excited because it's a witness that's saying there's something real. I've never seen him talk about chemistry that way. Brother Max is a chemist. He loves teaching. He loves doing those things. But you know what? I've never seen you get up here and talk about, well, I'm telling you, brother, 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 this, this, this reaction and this one over here and that. No, he doesn't do that because that's who Brother Max is. But when the Holy Ghost begins to come out, it's different. <laughs> Forgive me, Brother Max. <laughs> but that's the witness we need is the Holy Ghost. Once you're filled with the Holy Ghost, then go and witness. Hallelujah. How many want to be a witness for God? Amen. Lord, fill me. What if we just very quietly, maybe we'll sing that little song. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up. Why don't we just bow our heads together and close our eyes. And I want you just to sing it to the Lord and say, Lord, this isn't about who's next to me or who's here. This is, Lord, fill my cup. I need you to fill me. I need to know that I'm a witness.
of Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Oh, come and quench this thirsting of my soul. second verse together. Oh, as the heart pants. Is that verse one there? There it is. Oh, for the plays that softly with every head bowed and every eye closed I just want to ask you tonight you've said Lord I want to be a witness but maybe you'd want to be honest with God and say Lord I'm missing something I need the Holy Ghost I I need more of it Lord I need to be refilled I need I need a new birth Lord you just want to be honest with God and put your hand up to him and say Lord I need it. I'm lacking something. I can't witness like I should. Every time I get around and I feel like I should say, I just can't. I just, I'm no good at it. I want to encourage you tonight. You know, Moses had a lot of excuses. Moses had a lot to say and say, I'm not eloquent in speech. I can't say it right. He said, God didn't give in to his excuses. He began to tell him, hey, I'll go with you. I'll give you words and I'll let Aaron speak for you. 
That's what he's telling you tonight, saying, listen, you don't got to be the witness. Let me fill you. Let me fill you with the Holy Ghost. Let it speak for you. Let it witness for you. Let it cry out for you. Let it pray for you. Let it be the the, the moving power within you. Let it be the witness of God for you. Just be real honest right now and real sincere before God. I said there's only one way to get it. It's repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the mission of sin. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I've been baptized. That's good. You've done that. No, you don't have to go back in the tank and do it all over again. But I want you tonight, if you need to repent, repent. If you got something that you can pull up in your life and you got a distraction, you got something you're looking at going, I don't know, just lay it down right now. Tell the Lord right now, Lord, I'm letting that go. That distraction that's been holding me and holding me and I'm refusing to let it go. Lord, I'm laying it down right now because I want to be a witness for you. I want to be able to know that when I testify of you, you're going to testify of me. That when I stand for you, Lord, you're going to back me up. I want to know, Lord. I want to know that I know you in the power of your resurrection. I want to know that when that day comes, you call your children home, I'll be there. I want to know, Lord. If you just keep your hands raised to him and just continue to cry out. But Lord, I just pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, you see everyone, Lord, that has their hands raised, that has their heart raised to you, Lord. You know, Lord, what's on our minds. You know the things, Lord Jesus. I don't know as a minister, Lord. It's not up to me. It's up to you, Lord. This is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. This is between you and the worshiper, Lord. And I just want to pray tonight, Lord, that you lead them by your way, oh God. Lord, that you would come across this place, Lord. Don't forget us, Lord Jesus. Lord, we preach the word, Lord. We know, Lord Jesus, what it is to be a witness for you. But we need you. We need you to be a witness, Lord. We want to tell the world about how you've raised. We want to tell the world about the open book. We want to tell the world, oh God, of the mysteries that have been revealed. God sent a prophet in our day. We want to tell everybody, but Lord, we need you. You're the one that can witness of it properly, Lord. I pray, oh God, that you come, Lord. Fill our hearts, Lord Jesus. We beseech you, oh God, that you'd help us, Lord. Keep us pure, sanctified, holy, Lord Jesus. Help us each one to step out in faith, Lord. To take a step, Lord, and let you come in. Lord, that you come and back it up, Father. We love you so much, Lord, and we need you. Lord, it's not just a matter, Father. We're not just praying, Lord, saying, Lord, we'd like it. We want it, Lord. We need it. We need more of the Holy Ghost in our lives. We need it in our young people, Lord Jesus. Because we've got this skit even coming up, this play we'd like to do to be a witness for you, Lord. We need you to take control, Lord. We need you and the individuals and the actors and the singers, Lord, and the ones that went to the props, Lord. If you come and take full control, Lord Jesus, Father, you can do it, Lord. Forgive us our shortcomings. Forgive us, oh God, when we've walked wrong. Forgive us our distractions, Lord Jesus. Help us to turn. As we're standing tonight at a crossroads, Lord, help us to turn the right direction. Lord, we keep bringing us back to a crossroads, Lord, to say we just choose the right way. Stop being allured by the, the, the fineries of Laodicea. I'm greater than all of that. I'm greater than all of your devices. I'm greater than all your fleshly desires. 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Jesus, only you can do it. Father, we commit each one to you, Lord Jesus. Help us stay faithful, Lord, knowing that you will fulfill the promise. It's even one of the things, Lord, this, in this age, one of the mysteries, Lord, that was revealed, oh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit without sensation. Lord, we're not looking for sensation. We're not looking for tingles up and down the spines or shouting, screaming, dancing, speaking in tongues. Those things would be nice. We enjoy them, Lord, but Father, we just don't want you, Lord. Let the Holy Ghost come in and begin to do the same works that you did. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 As the, sorry, as the deer, I'm sorry, I'm wrong here. As the
Simply worship, simply worship. God will not reject your prayer. He makes you Just 
say